Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Brain Layers and Social Conflict, Part 3. In the last podcast, we talked about the instinctive posture and movement displays of reptiles. These displays show up in humans as tendencies that we may or may not use frequently in our interactions. They arise from our core brain layer, which may or may not be our default position whenever we're under stress or overstimulated. Let's do a quick review before wrapping up our discussion of the reptiles and how these tendencies arise in our core layer. There's the courtship display, a clear set of postures and movements between two reptiles that indicate an interest in each other and a willingness to mate. In humans, this shows up as being good at flirting and catching the attention and interest of another. Then there's the signature display, which involves showing off one's status. Among reptiles, this can include claiming the best basking spot, getting the first turn at feeding sites, and generally signifying one's dominance, and having the status confirmed by all surrounding reptiles. In humans, this trait can drive our desire to have and display the most wealth, the finest clothes and jewelry, and have the most admirers and followers. The last two displays, challenge and submission, work together to establish and maintain dominance in the event of any confrontations. With reptiles, this confrontation is intense, and it'll lead to the death of the challenger if it fails to overpower the dominant one. If the challenger quickly backs off and signals submission, it may survive. It shows submission by flattening itself down so its body is lower than the dominant ones and exposing the vulnerable neck or belly and lowering its head and shoulders. With humans, this urge can lead to harsh discipline and show up in the cowering posture of the victims and strict loyalty to the higher-ranked members of a group or organization. Finally, we looked at the reason reptiles as a species were able to survive for millions of years. They were wired to cull any deviance instinctively. Any defect, weakness, or injury in another reptile would cause it to be eliminated so it could no longer breed. And that kept the gene pool pure so the species remained strong. We will discover more effective means of species preservation, however, when we examine the brain's two highest layers. As humans, while we still possess species preservation tendencies to reject people who are different from ourselves, our higher layers invite us to rise above that. From them, we derive our urge to help the weak, care for the sick and handicapped, and embrace cultural differences. Before we move on to discuss layer two, and the traits of other mammals, there's one more important reptilian survival trait we should note, and this is the role of deception. The instinct to disguise one's appearance and alter the situation to present false information to the possible predator is a key survival tool. Camouflage behavior is a part of that. But among humans, language can be used that way too. It shows up as sensing what the opponent wants you to say and just saying whatever is in your best interest at the time. At other layers, this would be seen as lying, 
but at the reptilian level, it's accepted as an important survival tool. Let's look now at our brain's second layer, the one we share with other mammals. Mammals use their brains in very different ways than the reptiles to handle daily routines, carry out social communications, and protect themselves and their own. For instance, mammals could never survive if all they had was a reptilian brain. Their babies are born helpless and often even blind at first. This calls for prolonged care, which would be impossible if it weren't for chemicals that foster bonding. Thankfully, oxytocin awakens the maternal instinct to care for their offspring. Mammals will usually pair bond as well, creating a family unit. They might even create the nest together. Later, the male often goes on to provide much of the protection and helps with food gathering to support the female while the offspring require continuous care. Sharing is another trait that shows up among mammals. We talk of the lion's share of something. In nature, the dominant lion will eat first, then others within the pride, followed by other lions, and then other carnivores get their turn as well. This cross-species sharing can even show up in instances of adopting orphaned offspring from another species at times, an act that makes no sense to the reptile brain and would never occur among them. This instinct to share forms the basis for cooperation in humans and takes root in the second layer of our brain. This layer could be called the mammalian layer, but it's usually referred to as the limbic system. Mammals are also wired to play, a very important trait not seen in reptiles. Biologists think this arose so offspring in the nests or dens could get along and not try to compete for resources and hurt one another or make noise that might attract predators. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.